and thank you for listening to Let the Right Films In, your podcast on the IMDb 250. Usually, but not today, not yet, and not in a while, honestly. But that's because Halloween happened, and because Halloween happened, and we're not let, ready to let the spirit die yet. We want it to live on. We're going to spend this episode looking back on Halloween. I am, of course, your host, Tyler Hannon. With me, as usual, is the great cat mother, Kayla St. Anche. Hello. And Kayla, there's a big announcement we have today, and uh, you said you had something, a little something prepared, so why don't you take it? Yes, thank you. I am so excited and so pleased to announce that for the first time in Let the Right Films in History, we are welcoming a third official co-host. Oh my gosh. You may know her Is it Chris as... Evans? No, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> this is, uh, that would still be am amazing. But anyway, you may know her as the ubiquitous Instagram, Twitter, famous, gorgeous model, Motel Siren. You may know her as Stephen King fangirl. You may also know her as Lauren Blood Demon Malisi. But yes, she is the poet laureate of Let the Right Films In. We have enjoyed every single episode she's ever been on so much that we have asked her to join us on the regular basis. So please welcome to the podcast again, Lauren Malisi. I am so honored. That was a wonderful, absolutely wonderful like introduction. Like I was kind of dancing like dramatically <laughs> in every single like sentence. Like yeah, like voguing a little bit. Thank you. I am so <laughs> excited and stoked. That was wonderful. I would like a transcript of that. <laughs> I think Tyler can provide that when he does the edits. I can do that. I was gonna cheer, <laughs> yeah. but it was so beautiful. The crowd was stunned into silence. Just. Like, I can't, I can't bring it upon myself to interrupt that. It's just going so well. <laughs> but yes, Lauren is joining us on as regular a basis as we're usually on, which will probably mean the episodes will continue to be, I don't know, whatever we feel like doing at the time. <laughs> I, would say, I would say we did come up with a pretty good plan for this in case mm -hmm. people were wondering. Um, we are planning to try and do one to two episodes a month. Uh, we know that the IMDb thing has kind of been our theme for the entire time, but usually the IMDb 250 is really fucking terrible, guys. <laughs> so uh, we have we plan to still do that sometimes because it is kind of our whole thing. And branding, yes, there will Brand. be episodes like that, but we are going to be doing a lot more of these more freeform talk about things we like and have chosen and are like. We just want to not be bound by a list chosen by those guys. <laughs> as much as we love observing the taste of those guys and how it is just so very, very consistent. Like the three current 2017 movies on the 250, Logan, Blade Runner, and Dunkirk. They just make so much sense. A lot, yeah. If you did the math beforehand, it checks out. Uh, <laughs> awesome. But, so. And, like we might also like, so we're probably, I would say, we're probably also going to have uh, episodes where it's just two of the three co-hosts, mm -hmm. you know, just like mm -hmm. me and Kayla, or Lauren and Kayla, or me and Lauren, or like I might, I, I'm still going to invite some other people on sometimes. I have one episode in the can right now that's just me and another person. Listen, it's a whole new ball game, and we're excited to be doing that ball game. Yeah, so <laughs> it's going to be a surprise every time you turn it on, but there will be some corny title that tell you tells you what you're in for. And I'll let you know right at the top, like, guys, I'm sorry. 
uh, Lauren and Kayla aren't here. It's just me. I have a great friend with me, though. I, I know, I know, I know it's not as good when I don't have my co-host here, but it's like, if you'll bear with me and this other great guest. We'll everyone is excited for everyone. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the point. That's but true. yes, so this week we are recapping things that we watched over Halloween because we love it and we didn't get to record as many episodes for Halloween as we wanted to. So we came up with this idea to kind of still get that spirit in and talk about all of the great movies that we watched with great intentions to record episodes on. <laughs> Yay. So uh, to start off, we're going to do a fun segment about like maybe more classic stuff that we got to see in theaters or that we've watched in general that are classics. Um, Tyler and I were lucky enough to see the touring print of Suspiria mm -hmm. in with the Italian dubbing and uh, a couple of extra scenes when it came through Ann Arbor. Alas, we did not catch the 4K screening to do a compare contrast, but it's on the way whenever Synapse ships those out. <laughs> it was a really nice birthday present that Tyler got for me. <laughs> and so, yeah. And I mean, we've talked about how we got to see it a little bit before. We're going to maybe try and convince Lauren, or maybe not convince, but educate Lauren on why she should watch it. Yeah, Lauren, we know <laughs> stuff. Everyone's like, it's your brand. And I'm like, uh, what's it about? When I Google it, I still have no idea what it's, it's about. Witches. So here's uh, the thing. I don't think anyone who's really in it actually like it's about witches in okay. a very loose yeah. sense <laughs> okay. like i will lead with right off the bat that suspiria is mostly pretty to look at it's about style and color and loud loud noise <laughs> it's, yes. our, it's argento right yes argento okay and i would say argento at his best honestly some um, people like to disagree but i disagree do. with their disagreeing yes so um yes so loosely if you like lauren have not seen or know what suspiria is it is a classic horror movie by italian horror master dario argento who is still alive i did not realize until our show. whoops <laughs> uh, <laughs> yep still alive 
Um, it is best known for having an insanely vivid color palette and the loudest soundtrack of all time. Yes. <laughs> That's part of why it's taking so long for that restoration to come out. Yes. It is about an American ballet <laughs> dancer, Susie Banyan, who moves to Germany to join the prestigious ballet school there. As soon as she gets there, weird stuff starts happening. Uh, she shows up in the middle of a rainstorm where a student runs out in distress and is never heard from again because she is brutally murdered. That's such an <laughs> incredible opening sequence, though. It's pretty cool, yeah. Oh. This is sort of like getting an MFA, okay. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. So uh, as she becomes more integrated in life at the school, she starts to realize that things are not as they seem. The teachers are weird. The girls are kind of weird, but not in a creepy way. Uh, her roommate is convinced that the teachers are lying about where they go every night and is determined to figure out what exactly their secret is and why students keep disappearing. Again, it's a little hard to tack down like a plot synopsis because like stuff happens. The but plot's kind of secondary. Yes. To like, the, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a mood piece. So um, again, pluses, the color palette is insane. It's mm. one of probably one of the more beautiful movies I've ever seen. And it's just vivid and like every shot is interesting. And red. And very red, very pink. There's a lot of just like really insane, like contrasting reds and greens and other stuff in the set design. And yeah, I don't know. You, you have that <laughs> Goblin soundtrack. It's really good, really loud. Yeah. Really good. So a, a thing about Suspiria is that I think I tried to watch that movie like a hundred times and never quite. Well, I finished it once at home, but it was after midnight and i was the only one awake and because the sound it's it's a very like loud quiet movie yes. where you have like very quiet speaking and then ah, like soundtrack stuff going on it has one and it has 11. <laughs> yeah and so it's kind of hard to watch at home if you don't really have the freedom to just leave it at a stable volume like if you don't want to wake up your roommate it's actually streaming in its entirety on youtube like a blu-ray cut too but yeah. it, there's really i'd, I'd wait a while. like yeah or, well i guess it's better to see it than to not see it at and all so the th yeah so the thing about suspiria also is that it has a pretty storied history with different cuts different dubs um nobody except for fuck what's her name the lead actress jessica harper jessica harper i'm pretty sure jessica harper is the only person on the entire production that spoke english and everybody else was learning their lines phonetically and then they were dubbed over after filming was completed oh this often happens with argento and some of yes. these so i will say i actually kind of preferred watching the italian cut with the with the subtitles yeah. because like the dubbing is kind of bad in the first place and it's like somehow less distracting when it's not you know that they're speaking english but their word like lips are still not matching like if i know that it's being dubbed over in italian and their lips don't match it's just like somehow less distracting <laughs> <laughs> yes it's a super fun movie and honestly seeing it in theaters i was really pleasantly surprised by how actually creepy a lot of it was it has several uh in like really really good sequences mm -hmm. uh most of them kill sequences because it's argento, argento. and <laughs> but it just uh they it, between even when the sound is not very modified and it's only uh super loud and super soft uh just some of the, the uh i don't know it's some of his best work i've seen in terms in terms of uh how it 
uh, ramps up the tension pretty quickly and keeps it going, um, even in some of the sillier moments that people do laugh at, at live screamings, you know, screenings. Ooh. I kind of get what they're laughing at, but I am too freaked out to laugh. It's kind of like watching Texas Chainsaw for me. You know, I, and it was weird, too, because when we were in the theater, there were a lot of things where I was like, I don't particularly think that this is funny. And I think that's kind of where we get that, like, dude bro segment of horror fans chiming oh in God. a little bit. Because it's a lot of like, so in one scene we have uh, Susie's roommate is running from the killer. She's locked herself in a room and the only way to escape is to stack all of the furniture and things that she can find in the room to climb out the window. And for some, and like, it's a little exaggerated as she like dramatically drags each thing over while this killer badly tries to jimmy the lock. And because of how the things are stacked, she starts at the top with the top thing, which is the smallest. And then on the top of her self, of her little stack is the biggest thing. And I think that's part of it is that there's definitely some, I think, intentional absurdity to what Argento does in some of those. If not intentional, it's fitting. So those moments that people are laughing at, they are kind of absurd, but. It was just weird to me because, like, I regardless of the absurdity, I don't quite like when when you have like dark humor like that. I don't think it's like laugh out loud funny. It's more of like a bemused like. Huh. Maybe like, it's because we don't have a lot of screenings, uh, screenings of movies at home or in theaters ourselves, where we go to like laugh and have a good time and interact with the movie a lot. Maybe it's part of that culture, but I even still, this doesn't seem like the movie to do that. With. I just the other thing that I thought was weird was the like raucous applause every time somebody was murdered on screen. Okay. And like I get, I get that they're like stunning, like shots and like well set up sequences, but like. And maybe this is just—it wasn't maybe, everyone in the theater, but it was just enough of like a contingent, and it was full. It, it was, and it was full. maybe it's maybe me just being like a little sensitive, but I just think it's really weird to applaud at like the violent death of a woman on screen, regardless of like how cool the shot is. I don't know, especially since this isn't like a campy slasher. In I don't know, even <laughs> even there would still be weird. But like I think it might make more sense. Yeah, because well, we have this know. weird thing about rooting for the killers in movies. Yeah. When we saw I don't know. it, there were people laughing at the not funny parts. Like, like it has enough comic relief parts where it's like, yes, laugh at this. Good, yes, yeah. And like, there were scenes with like Beverly's like father that people were laughing, and I'm like, is this nervous laughter? Like, this is a serious part. Like, I don't. Yeah. I was real, and it was bro laughter. So it was it was really confusing to me. I think maybe if the like if the if the director dares to be a little bit earnest about something at any point, just like oh, look at them trying. <laughs> I think yeah, I think that those kind of things in a way either make men like uncomfortable or like unnaturally excited. Like in the case of Suspiria, obviously not it <laughs> but um yeah and I, I mean we've talked about that before but i think it's just this weird segment of dudes who like these things for the wrong reason <laughs> and yeah i it's it's kind of a bummer to have had that happen like the first time we get to like see it in full or whatever but overall the experience was super positive and like fun and creepy and good and i think that if you have a chance if it's i'm not sure if that print is still touring if you have a chance to see that or the incredible, I'm sure, 4K restoration. Um, which is also, which is, that is still touring. Yeah, and I, w- I would definitely say check it out. I think that this is a movie that, despite its shortcomings, deserves to be a part of the horror canon in the way that it is. 
And I'm also kind of glad that after being so neglected for so long, it's getting its uh, moment in the sun, I guess. <laughs> TBH, the only uh, Argento film that I have seen is opera. Mm, I want to watch that, but I don't know if I'm strong enough. <laughs> it's, it's very, like, I think about it a lot. I just, like, I have almost seen, I've seen, like, half of a gif of that eyeball scene. Yeah, and... yeah, 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 no. It's awful. I don't know, man. <laughs> I think Fulci might have the most upsetting eyeball scene I've seen. But eyeballs are very upsetting whenever anything happens to them. They are, yeah, it's, and, it's a very visceral fear. <laughs> yeah, there are a good, uh, the 4K restoration still has a decent amount of screenings left. Maryland, Minnesota, California, Pennsylvania, Canada. So. Pennsylvania! Pennsylvania! Philadelphia. Oh, <laughs> on six hours. Oh, wait, and, and Bethlehem, actually. But yeah, yeah, so there are a couple. And Synecdoche, New York, which seems fitting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, is that how you pronounce that? I think it's Schnectady or something. Synecdoche, New York is that movie. Yeah. That's close. It's a play on Schnectady. I went through like a whole You're thing. the one who's seen the movie, so. I went through that. Okay, uh, don't watch that movie. <laughs> it's really fucking sad. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah, so that's uh, Suspiria. Yes. <laughs> Not <laughs> Synecdoche, New York. <laughs> Stop! Stop! This is the movie that is just as real. Just as close. Just as terrifying as being there. Even if one of them survives, what will be left? The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. After you stop screaming, you'll start talking about it. The other movie that we got to see in theaters, which was super cool, was The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, hell yeah. And so, yeah, um, it was the first time that I had ever seen it. Yeah. The first time I've seen it in like seven, eight years. Yeah. Hi. Lauren, you're... You're like a really big fan of that movie, yes? Uh, yes, I actually there's there's a really amazing I'm gonna I'm gonna plug Retroteek right now. In Morgantown, there is a great oddities and vintage store called Retroteek, and I found a shirt, a vintage shirt, uh that that just says says like the family and it's all them just chilling. Um That's awesome. And uh yeah, I watched that at least what that was that was the movie that like got me into like pretty much got me into heart got me into like the final girl aspect of everything that was like my breakthrough moment like crying so say we talked about that a yeah. bit on the episode that kale was not on yeah it's okay it's still there for you to listen mm, Kayla. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh it's it's just i i and i was ranting about this yesterday with one of my friends I was just like talking about talking about final girls I was comparing because um, I saw I watched Friday the 13th this Halloween season. I was comparing. Uh, we we know nothing about the final girl in Friday the 13th, and like we don't we get no backstory on her friends. But I'm not rooting for her. I don't care about her. There's nothing defining, I guess. Whereas like Sally, like we don't know anything about her and her friends, but her defining trait is like her will to survive and like she how she her resilience. Like she's the most resilient final girl. Um, and I think that's part of what sells that movie for me. Um, I hate hearing guys like talk about the like the like the blood finger scene. Like it's always bros that are just like, yeah, that was my favorite part of the whole movie. 
Uh, <laughs> and I'm just like, no, it, she she is what makes the movie, and way way more than Leatherface does for me. So, yeah, I it was it felt like watching it for the first time for me because it had been so long, and all I really remembered from it was just how uh, uh, grim and despondent it made me feel. <laughs> I forgot that it is uh, intentionally, like, very bleakly uh, humorous in many parts. I, I wish I will try. I'll put it in the show notes. But there was something I call it, like, when it goes beyond black humor, it becomes red humor when it's just so grim and despairing. Oh. And, no, I, I like the I like that term. And I need to I find where I originally too. found it. Mm-hmm. I think I, Faculty of Horror, I think, is who cited it. And I got it from them. Probably. So, which would make sense. Like, they're smart. And I learned so much from them we love uh, you <laughs> but yeah just uh how like how funny some of the stuff was and also being reminded how grim it is because some of those scenes go on so terribly terribly long <sighs> that was what surprised me because i really just holds yeah well i just like didn't really know a lot about it other than like i knew it wasn't as like violent as it seems to be misremembered in culture yeah and mm-hmm. i knew I was like pretty, I was stoked for that last shot of Sally in the truck because I think John Darnielle had written a really great piece about why he has, he has a tattoo of it mm-hmm. and like why. And so I was Where like, can't wait to see that. <laughs> yeah. No, one um, told, so- no one's told me that ever. <laughs> I'll have to, I'll look it up and we can put the where he talked about it in the show notes i gotta start writing down all the stuff i have to put in the show notes (laughs) but yeah so i there were a lot of things the humor definitely surprised me i wasn't really expecting that it's Mm -hmm. probably because we both haven't seen that many toby hooper hooper movies either i would say yeah that probably has something to do with it and i that same that holding the scene uh is definitely i think the most effective thing in there like the ones obviously that whole insane dinner scene is and that's like i would say to me in my memory that is literally like 80 percent of the movie (laughs) and i don't think that that's an accurate percentage but well if you if you also include how much time leatherface is chasing her around it's it gets up there yeah you know and that's the thing too where i i was i was joking with ben i was like dude i don't think i want to live that bad (laughs) like i don't think i could i don't think i could do that like in the face of such abject horror the other thing i remember about the movie is there is not a lot of violence like you said but like between uh the uh constant threat of violence and also just how vicious and brief the violence that is there or the violence that is present is uh because every time he actually kills someone he just smashes them it's not like it's not like how in many movies you stab someone and they die he thumps them especially when he hangs him on the meat hook or the uh seizure that the first guy has as he's oh god uh, yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's uh <laughs> visceral <laughs> yeah it's very memorable violence shall we say so much so that i've blocked a lot of it out after the first time i watched it because it was very upsetting so yeah. fun you know just a nice uh nice return to like a revisiting uh an old classic and just remembering just how uh that's yeah i my two favorite parts though i love that shot during the dinner scene where they just have these long horrible close-ups on her like a uh, terrified eyeballs yes and that's, i think you put a, oh, a, a gift set on our yeah i think you put a gift 
on our Tumblr mm -hmm. where somebody had like upped the color ratios. Yeah. And it was like it, it's gorgeous. So mm -hmm. if you want to check that out, it's there. And then again, that that last scene where she's in the truck just screaming, laughing. I had like chills. Especially when you find out that was the <laughs> second take and they were exhausted. <laughs> and uh, and they basically wanted to die when they found yeah, out they had to do it again. Everyone wanted to kill Toby. <laughs> at least he's a better person than many of the directors that people want to kill yeah, yeah. i guess at least he only overworks people <laughs> which r.i.p uh, toby hooper yeah <laughs> not the first director we'll talk about today that we lost this year yes. yeah so yeah so that is a super great movie and i think getting to see it in theaters for the first time was really awesome yeah two two really good movies to see in theaters especially because uh you well you see it with a crowd that is invested in seeing it and also free of distractions mm -hmm. it's, it's because you can't help but pay attention mm -hmm. to the uh the great horror that's happening on the screen yes lauren did you get a chance to see anything real cool in theaters during halloween season or uncool What were you doing in their luggage? What do they want? God help you. They've come here to see me. Come quick! mother you know and uh, it looked good because the, they don't tell it's like it was a good trailer right because a lot of horror movies like they give you the whole freaking like mo movie in the trailer and it just ruins everything for me but this one it was the most vague ambiguous trailer so i was like okay it must be good okay it was so bad like in in and what kills me is that like half two hours like a two hour and a half movie the first hour is great it is not just pretty but it is also like the acting is good michelle pfeiffer is incredible like it's it's great and then it's like it's almost like there's a, there's a different director for the second half and then the, we lose the plot are bombarded with biblical references and everything is like shock horror violence like like and Kristen wig is becomes like a mass murderer randomly she just pops Spoilers. up and starts killing people. Like, sorry, yeah, I'm sorry, spoiler, but like, fuck, fucking a, man. Like, I'll, th I'll throw a little thing at the front that says, "Hey, if you hear us mention a movie, I just skip ahead a couple." That minutes. was I'll that was like, yeah. Th well, this is like kind of this is kind of spoiler of the podcast. I mean, also yeah. that movie that movie has had such a reputation. <laughs> no one that, cares about yeah. spoiling that. Well, <laughs> like, or if they do care, they probably see it already. But also. Uh, Darren off, Aaron off. That's when you remember. Oh yeah, this is the guy who made Noah. Yeah, and he yeah. Made Noah weird. He, no one. Like he no, must be going through some shit. No one cared. It's because no one cared about Noah, and no one talked about it. So he made another biblical movie when it's like to make it like to make it like controversial, so people will actually talk about it. Because I don't even know he directed Noah. 
rock golems. Yeah. My thing with Darren Aronofsky is I like Black Swan and I like Requiem for a Dream, but mm-hmm. like, here's a, like, and I, I have generally liked a lot of his work, but I also haven't seen a lot of it since I was a teenager. And knowing what I know now about a lot of his stuff, I almost like don't want to go back and watch the things of his I do like because I'm like, oh my god, was it really so like hammer to the head the whole time? It's and like I, him and Nicholas Winding Refn, a nice pair for you. Yeah, and it's one of those things where I think that as you grow and as you become more versed in art and you learn what to look for and what is actually, maybe not good, but what is artistically valuable. And developing your own taste and ideas of what... Yeah, and I think that Aronofsky is definitely one of those I'm a film buff in high school directors. (laughs) So... It's whatever, but I, it's one of those things where it's irritating because I know at least a little bit that he knows how to make an effective movie and he knows even if it's really on the nose, how to still make those scenes horrible, Mm -hmm. I guess. I mean, Requiem for a Dream is literally like drugs are bad, don't do drugs. And he makes movies that like a lot of people wouldn't make. So he does provide a certain diversity to the But I just, I... Diversity is not the right word. From all of, yeah, diversity is definitely not the right word. But uh, just from all of the reviews that I've read of Mother and from all of the women I've heard that have seen it that have encouraged me not to watch it ever in my life, (laughs) I just wonder why, like, at what point do we stop letting dudes make self-righteous movies about violence against women (laughs) because it's edgy? Or maybe... Give woman money to make those movies. Yeah, there are a lot of incredible, usually foreign language, <laughs> movies about like by women about the violence that happens to women that are a thousand times more effective because I you, you just don't get that sense of I I don't even know how to describe it. It's not really masturbatory, but just this whole see I have laid out for you what not to do but wasn't it cool looking how we did it like yeah. that kind of thing even if know. unintentional yeah because they don't have the experience to draw upon for how to frame that well yeah also what the fuck Jennifer Lawrence you really were in that movie and decided that that was the dude you should date the the whole movie is like is like her just yelling get out of my house and then crying and then like get please please get out of my house please don't sit on the eighty percent of the movie is just her face it it is it's just different close ups and then like she's painting a wall sometimes Ooh. Uh. <laughs> I also just hate Jennifer Lawrence and I really can't take her seriously because I just see Jennifer Lawrence how do you feel about that Red Sparrow trailer it's Jennifer Lawrence who was wearing a lot of wigs in it. <laughs> I have not heard of it yet. It's Jennifer Lawrence's uh spy action assassin movie. Oh, just... sign me the fuck up. No, not really. How do I just don't understand how we got here when we have Brie Larson, Jessica Chastain, Amy Adams, literally. Yeah. Unfortunately, Brie Larson made enough bad movies before she won the Oscar that they're still able to put them out because there's another one <laughs> yeah. coming. Oh, oh, yeah, I yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, well, Brie Larson gets to be Captain Marvel, so that's coming. Yes. Yes, yes. yes. Just think there's probably a universe where Je- Jennifer Lawrence was a possibility for Captain Marvel. Ronda Rousey, man. 
Ron God, I forgot about she that. She really wants to be so Captain Marvel. I know. She really wanted to be Captain Marvel. I'm like, no, you love, like, you hate women. You have internalized misogyny. You cannot be Captain Marvel. Also, you can't act. That, so. that too. Her <laughs> SNL episode was a painful one. I was going to say, Marvel's big thing is, like, really their character and, inter- like, and dialogue and interactions first. And so it makes sense to have Oscar winner Brie Larson uh, doing that. Love Oscar winner Brie Larson. Yes, yeah, big fan. Like she, she is definitely an LTRFI All Star. <laughs> friend of podcast. One of the original. Know that she is friend of yes, podcast. yes, long time friend, long time one way friend of the podcast. <laughs> Her and Chris Evans. <laughs> <laughs> we will do anything for them. They don't know it, but we will. Yes. Without like like only if they need it though, and ask. Yeah. Respectful. So... <laughs> last movie i want to talk about that we saw in theaters just because it's hilarious uh we had a work outing in which we got to see the nightmare before christmas at our local art theater okay um i remember i have a really contentious relationship with nightmare before christmas because for some reason my family thinks it's like my favorite thing in the entire universe oh my god you too yes (laughs) (laughs) so and yes so my mom's probably listening to this (laughs) sorry mom I do like The Nightmare Before Christmas, but yeah, so I it's one of those things where it's like I kind of forgot that I actually liked it because I've been the beleaguered recipient of so many Nightmare Before you Christmas You needed some time apart. Since I was like 14 years old. Did you get a jack beanie? No, I had a purse. Um, I have, I think, a shot glass right now. I haven't kept a lot of it, but um, just, uh, just a lot of random stuff <laughs> would you like a piece of clothing with the nightmare before christmas on it so every part of your body will be covered with jack skellington <laughs> when i was like 15 i was really into that i can't like I, at that time it was an appropriate uh assumption to make that i would want those things but yeah so uh we i uh had given our hr person a whole list of movies and i think she just picked that one because it was the easiest one to get on blu-ray because we had to provide the theater with a blu-ray to play it and um yeah it is really cute and fun and heartwarming and it's nice to remember that like some movies even though they're good kind of take on that like cultural fatigue surrounding them and makes you forget that they're actually good movies so it was nice to be reminded that it is not a bad movie see my relationship with it is totally uncontentious i've just loved it forever yes my favorite holiday and also Christmas, uh, which is also a great holiday. All right, here's my other beef with this, though. Great songs and so <laughs> earnest and heartfelt and, like, simple, but, like, in a good way for children. It just makes my heart swell. 
with seasonal pride. All right, but here's my beef with this. It's not a Halloween movie. It's literally a Christmas movie. Okay, why do we even have to have this fight? Why do we have, you can watch it at both seasons. No, I know, but it's just irritating to me that I was asked to put together a list of Halloween movies. <laughs> Paranorman was on the list and is a children's Halloween movie. I just think this that is not a fight. That takes place in Halloween. What about huh. Monster House, guys? Mm. Do we not remember that with the house? I liked... I liked Monster House a lot, but we actually tried to rewatch it recently, and it does not hold up quite so well. <laughs> the effects do not age nearly as well as uh, what like Nightmare is doing. Yeah, and I, I was, I was a little disappointed because I was really excited to watch it once I realized it was on Amazon. But about twenty minutes in, I was like, "Man, I'm kind of bored. Like, I am not the target audience for this anymore." And it was just like really, it, I felt it. <laughs> <laughs> the old creeping up on you. Yeah. You heartless monster. It was old. Also, I don't know how I feel about the whole premise in general, if I'm being honest. Like, I think it's always been a little bit iffy, but as like an adult who has spent a lot of time researching like social justice, it becomes more and more iffy <laughs> as we go along. <laughs> I've only seen whatever however many minutes you played last time we watched it so nobody was into it at all when i put it out in the apartment it was really it was a bummer i mean there was three i i i wouldn't say i wasn't into it i was having a good enough time watching it i'd never seen it before because it was new to me it's a little bit dated but i'm okay with that Mm -hmm. i I also i did notice it was pretty funny to me that i feel like the the fat sidekick character in paranorman was like a ripped but then improved version of the fat sidekick character in Monster House. <laughs> They're very similar. Oh, hey, you're up. Am I in a dorm room? Yeah, I folded your pants for you. Great. Dude, did you hear that? Oh, what? Don't show it. It was fun to see those things in theaters. I do have one last theater movie. Oh, okay. Go for it. Because I saw Happy Death Day. Oh, yes. Please. I need your review. I need it right now. Okay. So, like, (laughs) first, I'm just going to, like, get on a little soapbox and complain. Why were there so few horror movies in theaters this October? Mm -hmm. Is it really so hard? Like, it's the same date every year. And I know some projects fall through and some projects are the Amityville horror movie uh, that was dumped uh, unceremoniously. But it's, is it so hard to get like one horror movie a week that they don't even have to be good. They just have to be there and you'll show up. And so like, I was annoyed because I didn't have a lot of great options. There are plenty on VOD and streaming and all that. Those had a bunch, but in theaters, they're so sad about how they're not making enough money anymore. And yet for Halloween, which I would have to get the numbers, but I know like the gallows was a cheap pickup that made a bunch of money and there weren't even a bunch of those. So like happy death day was one of the only wide release horror movies we got. And I don't want to say the only good one. Cause I can't like, I guess I haven't seen jigsaw. So I got to keep that. Oh in mind. yeah. But, <laughs> but so <laughs> complaining about all that aside, uh, 
I was really glad I saw Happy Death Day. I was bombarded with the trailer several times because it played before almost every movie I saw for mm-hmm. a good six months. And at first I thought, that looks dumb. I'm not into it. But it grew on me. And then I listened <laughs> to an interview with the director and it's Blumhouse. And, and I'm, I'm, I, as I've said many times in this podcast, I am a sucker for cute like time travel or one location premises and all that. So like Groundhog Day with a horror, like with a horror bend, uh, I'm into it. Let's have, like I am all for uh, somewhat ripping off the concept of Groundhog Day. Uh, Live, die, repeat is right there as a sci- stellar sci-fi example. Yeah. Uh, so basically, Happy Death Day. It's this girl's birthday. She is a. Uh, she's like a. She, she's basically the terri- stereotypical jerk sorority girl uh, who gets killed on her birthday, but then she wakes up the next day. Except it's the same day. Ah. Oh my god. And. Uh, and so that you know, she keeps doing that. She has to figure out who the killer is. There are twists, there are turns. Uh, she becomes a better person along the way. And so, I'm a little bit separate. Like it's been a couple weeks now, but the the movie knows exactly what it is, and I mean that in a good way. It is like because people said it looked dumb, but it's a clever dumb. Uh, it is. It it has a lot of fun with its premise. The uh, it's directed by Christopher Landon and uh, um who's uh who's a gay horror director and we don't have a lot of those so appreciate that and jessica roth is the star and she's really good as this sorority girl who becomes a better person you believe it there are you get unexpectedly emotional in many uh in many moments as she's living this day over and over again and deals with a lot of trauma you get killed over and over again. It doesn't matter if the days are, day resets. You're gonna <laughs> yeah. carry some of that with you, and she, that. Yeah. they do a great job getting that across. And it's not like directly scary, but they have they make good use of that premise. Basically, take the premise of Groundhog Day, like you know, Die Hard in a Plane is now Groundhog Day in a horror movie or whatever. You should at least have a lot of fun with it because of the things you can do, and they really do that. They keep it moving quite a pace. Uh, there's even a love interest who actually works pretty well it very easily could have been another crappy horror movie that wastes a promising premise but it makes good use of the premise and it does the plot doesn't totally come together in the end but it is so much fun and emotionally and uh it it is so much fun and a legitimately uh, emotionally effective ride that i loved it okay yay i'm excited to see it Yeah. yeah Yeah, and then and of course it was Blumhouse who, because they cannot lose. Uh, no. I think it, it made like a bunch of money too, probably because it was like the only decent horror movie they had available to us. I think yeah, I'm like there's a whole audience that wants this stuff specifically on Halloween. You could put out probably garbage on Halloween, and people would yeah. go see it just because it's like I want to see a horror movie. That's in the thing. On there wasn't even really a bunch of garbage. Like, I don't know. It's weird. Next year we get a new actual like capital H Halloween movie though, so that's pretty cool. We do. Yes, we do. Oh man, it's gonna be <sighs> great. I'm super excited. excited. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lauren, <laughs> you said that you wanted to talk about some underrated horror movies. Yes. Okay. Have have we have any of us talked about the loved ones on this podcast?
It is an Australian horror uh, directed by Sean Byrne. I think I've seen it. He did The Devil's oh. Candy. Yeah, that guy. Mm-hmm. And I think I've seen this movie maybe like seven times now, so I'm completely desensitized like to all the violence. But it is so fucked, okay? Like It's Australian. I assume yes. it's the most upsetting thing you've it ever is- seen. Oh, actually, quick quick note tyler you do you have to find the song that's from this and cut it in here somewhere because it's very <laughs> oh my god the am i pretty okay. enough? Am I, yes it's literally called am i pretty enough yeah it's by a girl named casey chambers poor girl because it's a country song <laughs> so it's like a really serious song and it is just ruined she apparently she she herself was not happy about the use of the song in the film I can't really blame her. Um, they should have told her it was an Australian horror movie. It's yeah, going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> it is like, it's like glittery torture porn with a really, with layers and layers of plot. Like, even on like my seventh watch, like the other night, I had, did not like re- realize like all these like different things. There's just, there's just, you get something different out of every single watch. Uh, but like, if you, a lot of people don't, probably don't watch past the first time because it's a it's a lot it's a it's it's very very intense and it's visually stunning um but the violence is very intricate like i and as being a true crime junkie i could tell that different serial killers were like researched while doing this while like in the making of this film because every torture like aspect i'm like oh yeah the hellside stranglers did that and <laughs> <laughs> um so everything is very specific and very like crafted and all the plots kind of like mesh into each other it's really it's just really good and no one talks about it why is that so i haven't seen that movie but there is a really great faculty of horror episode about it okay and i I like to use faculty of horror uh kind of to listen to movies that i'm too much of a baby to watch (laughs) martyrs another example martyrs is a great example of that yeah me too and so to decide based on their academic and loving (laughs) descriptions of the movies if i actually want to watch it and this is actually one that i have put on my list of maybe someday (laughs) so that because it's uh, the premise is great and it yeah it sounds really good and now if if faculty of horror says it's good and lauren says it's good i guess i don't really have a choice it is (laughs) it's it's so good i i don't I, I oh like I just I get so mad because I've I've seen people actually like knock it. It's always it's usually bros, um, saying that they they it's usually the underlying when I read a piece from someone who doesn't like it, the underlying theme is oh I don't like that the villain is 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 a high school girl. Like yeah, they're like oh it's not realistic. I'm like what, what? Yeah, I think it suffers a little bit too from bad cover syndrome mm-hmm. because I definitely walked by the cover of that movie a thousand times when I worked at Family Video and it's like not a super great cover. <laughs> it is not, no, no. <laughs> so I think that's also probably a part of it. So having seen The Devil's Candy, I'm definitely not surprised that uh, his prior work is both uh, very upsetting, not afraid to tackle a plot that could go badly really easily uh-huh. and makes uh weaves music into it in a very unconventional fashion yes <laughs> yes it's fucked and you can't even like i can't even, and it's one of those movies where you can't even go into detail at all because i feel like i feel like i'll like reveal something but like the for anyone who has no idea what i'm talking about the main premise is this very troubled young teen 
um, who's like coping with the death of his father, gets asked to the prom by this kind of outcast girl uh, named Lola, and he says no. And so they, her and the father kidnap him and stage their own prom in her house and like hold him hostage and like torture the shit out of him and yeah i get the impression that the prom doesn't go well Uh, you you know (laughs) you know you might yeah yeah just uh and there's a really great um there's some really great tribute to uh the original texas chainsaw in that film in some of the prom scenes with like the long table shots like you'll just just watch it and just just get excited and then like cry about it after and get mad at me a few people have been like lauren gave me nightmares this is your fault and i'm like well (laughs) were they good nightmares i don't know i I think it's i think it's worth it it is just very unsettling so at motel siren if she ruined your dreams forever yes yes, (laughs) I'll, i'll take full responsibility that's a badge of honor. Like, yes, I have ruined one more soul. Excellent. <laughs> this is good. Regular Freddy Krueger. You know who to call when you have ghosts. But who do you call when you have monsters? We're the Monster Squad. What's a squad? It's like my own advice, I think. They're young and inexperienced. They're a bit disorganized. Monsters are not real. We don't know that, sir. 2,000-year-old dead guys do not get up and walk away by themselves. But when strange things start happening in town... There's a monster in my closet. Ooh, look at that big, scary monster! What's happening? You wait for the werewolf. Silver bullet? They're the only ones ready to do battle. Something down there is killing people. So I feel like the Monster Squad like has made a comeback last year just with how many con appearances the original actors were doing and like it's a it's really a movie it's from I think it's from 1985 I believe it is uh, written by Shane Black who also did Night of the Creeps and who was now a big huge Hollywood dude and the Duffer Brothers who have like referenced the Monster Squad as you know being one of the influences on Stranger Things. Um, but these like group of kids who uh basically basically that's the end of the world, okay? And it's Dracula, the Wolfman, Frankenstein, uh, the, there's there's like a mummy, the Swamp Thing, like like everything, everyone's coming out, and like basically Dracula like holds the key to the end of the world, and it's like an amulet, and like these young kids have to like save the fucking world, and it's so awesome it's a horror comedy it's just it's really cute it's really quotable the vinyl came out last year like the soundtrack i got some artwork from the vinyl tattooed on my body (laughs) there's a yeah there's just it's also like a move it's a it's also a genre film it's very much someone who loves horror made this film for other people who love horror and i love movies like that it's very much a genre film it's a feel-good genre film i would say and I'm glad that more people are talking about it than they were, like, maybe, like, a few years ago. But, like, you guys haven't seen it, right? No, it sounds super fun, though. It's it been is, on, like, to watch this forever. <laughs> I think it's on Shutter. Well, Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite plays the werewolf, so. Sold. Does that sell it? There we go. Yeah. yeah. I was sold before. <laughs> That's <laughs> Have you guys seen Night of the Creeps? Yes. No. Okay. That's a good that's a good double feature to do. I would watch uh Night of the Creeps first and then watch Monster Squad. If you're gonna do that. It is like another uh fun time genre movie. 
Yes. yes. Oh my God. Yes. You can just like start assigning homework to people. <laughs> this, this is this is y'all's homework. The eighties were a great time for horror. So get on that, everybody. Most of the eighties horror movies I know that aren't like the top tier ones, I have learned once again, thanks to our uh, not actually a sponsor shutter because they have a bunch of that stuff. Oh, Monster Scott was eighty seven. Not that that matters. But okay, I can I can name y'all like off the top of my head, like eight really good horror movies from the eighties, like Halloween three, okay? Season of the Witch, also underrated. Very, very good. No Michael Myers in it. Should not have been part of the Halloween series, but have you guys seen that? <laughs> I just watched it again for the first time. I don't like it as much as some Halloween 3 Defenders, Ooh. but it definitely does not deserve the reputation I was that I saw most often growing up, which is that it's like a major misstep. I actually yeah. really like the, the idea of like a Halloween anthology franchise. Uh, yeah. I think it was probably just a mistake to do a second Michael Myers movie and then try to do that. Uh, I, I, you're doing yeah. that Cloverfield thing where everything is just different and has the word Cloverfield in it. <laughs> yeah, Halloween 2 had gone in the anthology direction. It might have worked. But alas, Halloween 2 was another John Carpenter movie. How how terrible. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, Reanimator. Yes. It was 85. That is a fantastic film. That's like I, I'm mad that I didn't get around to watching that for Halloween because that's a really good Halloween movie. That's also a good movie to make people watch at a party and then they just kind of stare at you the whole time. Like, this is what you like? Oh, okay. I'm like, no, it's like love. It's like based on the Lovecraft story. We're in an MFA program. We're supposed to like literature, guys. Like, what's I, was having, I was having a good time over here drinking my cider and there's a head in the pan. What the hell? <laughs> Our, our local art theater did a 35 millimeter showing of it on my birthday, but I had already bought mm -hmm. tickets to a concert that same night, so I couldn't Was go. that Paramore? No, it was the Wonder Years. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it was one of those things where it was like I impulse bought the tickets on my credit card, and so I decided that I had to follow through on that impulse decision and not make another impulse decision to let it go to waste. Yeah. Scalped <laughs> them, honestly. I probably could have made back like twice that. It was sold out like two seconds after it went on sale. <sighs> Oh, not that I don't I like the Wonder Years, but it was I'm old now, so like oh, yeah. it's a band that I'm like obsessed with. I get I usually get to the day of the show, and I'm like, I could go to sleep though. <laughs> oh, no. oh my god, me too. Oh man, <laughs> yeah. bunch yeah. of olds here. That, on well, well that was the other thing where I was like, oh my god, am I that old that I'm like on my birthday not gonna go see one of my favorite bands? Like, no, no, old Kayla has to go to die now and punk kayla has to live for one more day <laughs> punk exclamation point kayla all one yes. word <laughs> punk yeah. kayla at the disco, at the disco. <laughs> i did tell you you should just be a giant pink exclamation point next year yes but tell people you, you didn't wear a costume you're just your real <laughs> that's self just, that's just me yeah. no you just write book on your face and then your two costumes because your facebook but your gym from the office being facebook good Boom. you're welcome everybody Perfect. Thank you. Office joke. That's the wrong person to use an office joke on. <laughs> I only accept Carson. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Lauren, did you have any other underrated or are we going to pivot to Kayla here? The people of Walker Falls are gripped with fear for a deadly curse haunts this town. If you ever have another Halloween, I will return and destroy you all. But this year... It's a miracle. It's a warning. One man will change everything. I'm here. Halloween! From beyond the grave.
when good girls go bad i really have no idea how to explain that movie to anyone ever but it was on um i don't know if it was on disney or if they, they show it on on disney like late at night sometimes or i don't know if i watched it on like when when before abc family when it was fox family i don't know but it's christopher lloyd you know doc brown from back to the future he literally leads an undead army into like this this town like hates Halloween, they don't celebrate it because this really weird kid died in a kiln or something. I don't know. But all these, I don't know. But basically, Doc Brown is leading the undead and they're trying to save Halloween. On the cover here, I see it says story by R.L. Stein. Yes, 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 yes. It's based on an R.L. Stein story. And um, I have read the original story. It's cool. It's creepy. It's pretty, I want to say it's, I would say it's less formulaic than his other stuff. Because no teenagers, like, die in this one. And also, there's, like, not much of a moral, I guess, to the story. Actually, no, there is. I lied. There's a big moral. I lied. I lied. But it's it's really, it's just, it's, it's also, like, less scary than, like, it's R.L. Stein trying to be more heartfelt than terrifying, actually. It's actually one to just, like, get the whole family around the TV and just watch. Awesome. Tyler just showed me the cover, and that's another one that I definitely walked by at Family Video, like, a million times <laughs> in our family fun section. You'll never escape that. <laughs> <laughs> in the family fun section yeah see, there you go i'm quite literally going to die with the exact locations of certain movies at family video in my brain yep. like <laughs> no useful information just that yep <laughs> pretty much <laughs> your last words will be third aisle from the from the window it'll be that and then like fourth a, shelf a running third list, from the right that and like a running list of every person who's ever had a guest spot on law and order svu <laughs> <laughs> the bane of my existence which is just every actor you've ever known apparently <laughs> <laughs> yes so. so kayla did you see any underrated horror movies i don't think so i think everything we watched was pretty on brand as far as halloween movies go i already talked about how i watched Pumpkinhead for some reason <laughs> so. well Pumpkinhead 2 is now streaming on multiple streaming services I'm if good. you really want to round out your knowledge the guy that made it good killed himself at the end so oh. i think we probably don't need to <laughs> spoilers <laughs> okay it was to stop pumpkin head because they were connected in the soul <laughs> there's a lot that happens in that movie all right <laughs> much more than you would think but also still not as much as you would think I don't know. It's a really weird movie. <laughs> don't really need to go into it again. Yes, because on the it episode, you mentioned you watched it, and Lauren said, well, you can live your own you life, I guess. That. You can make choices. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, that is certainly a choice. So the thing, the other cool, like, getting in the spirit thing that Tyler and I did, we watched, well, Tyler did more than I did. I was kind of making cookies at the same time. <laughs> and then I fell asleep during the last one. <laughs> but um, we watched uh, the Bela Lugosi Dracula and the Bride Boris, of Frankenstein. Boris Karloff Bride yes. of Frankenstein. Still don't really know why it's called that because she's only in it for like two seconds, but it's cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you must remember this. Our other favorite podcast is in the middle of doing a huge series on Bela Lugosi and Boris Karloff. That's super yeah. fun if you want to listen yeah. to it. Um, I think that was why. Is that why we decided to watch those? Like kind of. No, I like I had wanted to watch them anyways, 
and Shudder, once again, how many times do I even going to mention it? But they added the Universal Horror Movies. I thought, hey, I missed our local theater screenings of all of these. But I I was able to atone, so we watched some on there. And also, there are nice breezy 70 minutes, and they're great for putting on in the background when you have a bunch of people in the apartment, and you're making cookies, and you're just really kind of paying attention. Yeah, I made mini cookies. They were really good. They were delicious. I kind of want to make some tonight, maybe. I don't know. Ooh, but <laughs> anyway. Be your best self. I really liked Dracula. I thought it was honestly pretty engaging for the time period. I think a lot of movies of that time suffer from being just, like, pure kitsch. <laughs> and whatnot but i think that he is an engaging performer and that the amount of like cool set design that they had in there for again like a studio movie from the 20s or 30s mm-hmm. <laughs> were uh were interesting and it's always nice to go back to your roots as a horror fan and see the ogs foundations <laughs> i feel like you would have enjoyed bride of frankenstein more if you knew that there was going to be no bride of frankenstein yeah i was just kind of waiting for her to show up the whole time also kind of have you ever even seen the first frankenstein <laughs> no. that that probably well i was confused the whole time because i really thought that whole section with the blind dude happened in the first one yeah and so i was like i thought just... it ended differently too i was like are they just reusing this does he just find two blind dudes to teach him humanity or like what that's <laughs> that's still less embarrassing than the fact that until more recently than I'd like to admit, I had conflated Day of the Dead and Dawn of the Dead into the same movie. Oh, no. Where, like, they're locked up in a mall, but somehow it still ends with the guy... You, ha- you have to leave the podcast now. I know, but in my in my head, it, it was Dawn of the Dead was just, it happens in a mall, and then also at the end, the black guy is shot in the house, and that's how it ends. Uh, it's okay, uh, I fixed that. I fixed I that. Him. I watched Men in Black like last night and I totally thought Men in Black 2 was the first movie like this whole time. I know. I know. And Men in Black 2 isn't even that good. I lived a lie for 10 years. So I relate. I sort of relate a little bit. It's no <laughs> Men in Black 3. But... Oh my um, God. We that's... actually just rewatched Men in Black the first one recently too. And I was like really happy to see how well it held up because I found out recently that a lot of 90s comedies that I really liked as I was growing up are just really shitty and full of bad bad things <laughs> yeah Jura being the number one culprit of holy shit i cannot believe this yeah. as a real movie but yeah so men in black good <laughs> throw that plug in it's a, it's a horror movie it's kind of an interdimensional horror comedy yeah horror. yeah <laughs> yeah you know I, ha- I have some underrated ones i can toss out there yeah I quit med school. That shouldn't come as a surprise to you. I'm changing specialties, Dr. Grant. Have you ever heard of body modification? One is actually throwing back to when Lauren and I podcast about Final Girls again. You mentioned American Mary and how I should watch that. And I watched it. And I think it's my first Soska Sisters movie. Um, And I need to to work on that, clearly, because, well, everybody who knows their horror stuff 
talks about how good the Soska sisters are. And even sight unseen for any of their movies, they actually give Catherine Isabel uh, good work to do, unlike yes. every other movie that she's in, which I appreciate. And so like, we just need... It, well, yeah, it's like Ginger Snaps, uh, Hannibal, and then Soska sisters movies. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so, um, and American Mar Mary kind of ties into where we were talking about earlier uh, around Mother, about how maybe don't just get the same dudes to make movies about violence against women mm. kind of reminded me when i saw raw which as you're watching it it's very obvious that this was made by a woman because i've seen this experience many times as directed by men and they most of them tend to blur together and this was clearly a very uh different take partially because the uh, whole revenge part gets out of the way early mm -hmm. but they also have uh, an interest with cultures that you do not see a lot in movies, even horror movies. Like the, the whole movie is about the body modification culture, which is uh, fascinating. Is that the right word? I don't know. It's, <laughs> There's a lot. Well, it's like, I, I don't know that I love the ending of the movie. I think it comes very abruptly, but Catherine Isabel is fantastic in it. And the Soska sisters of the directors I have only just discovered or gotten around to watching this year, they are easily some of the top ones who clearly have a vision and who I'd love, I would even just going off a movie or two want to see everything they do because they have a voice and a vision. I guess I already said the words, they have a very particular style and vision and I want to see them get to do that as much as they want uh, and to do generally whatever they want, because I think they will, also going off the reputation of what Lauren said, mm -hmm. uh, it seems like they probably will make more interesting movies than most directors. Mm -hmm. I'm into that. That's another movie I haven't decided if I want to watch because I'm a weenie. <laughs> there are some yeah. gnarly moments in that. And I, I realized watching it as I had just eaten, I said, why do I do this every time? I feel like the, <laughs> like, what are the few, th what, are, what are one of the few uh, gore things in horror movies that get to me. Right. Surgery horror. Surgery horror really gets to me. Really need to Why stop. am I watching this as I just ate? Really need to just stop making dinner and then sitting down to watch a horror movie or the television show Hannibal. <laughs> a mistake I have made numerous times. It's always the worst ones. Like, great examples of very disturbing body horror. Yeah. I've definitely watched at least two Cronenberg movies for the first time with dinner sitting on my lap getting cold. Just like, what have I done? <laughs> Why? I knew what I was going to do, and yet I did this. But yes, thank you, Lauren, for helping the impetus to get me to actually watch that movie finally because it's really great. Hell yeah. And again, Catherine Isabel should be way a much bigger star yeah, than Yeah, why she is she not our reigning screen queen? I don't know. She's so good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have a bunch of other stuff, but I don't want to take too long. So the other one I'll mention is... What the fuck is wrong with you people? They're dead! They're fucking dead, and you want to teach them tricks? They have to be rewarded, Captain. Why else will they do what we want them to do? I don't want them to do anything but drop I mentioned, since I just talked about how I conflated Romero's two biggest classics in my brain, uh, finally fixed that, though, and appreci appreciate each of them for what they are. Uh, 
which are great, but also giving very different, but very clear messages. Romero is very overt in what he's trying to say. There is not a whole lot of uh, obfuscating of the metaphor there. It's weird Consumerism though he, is bad. It's weird though, because he's also like, he's so clear, but also so quick to shy away from it. Be like, I didn't, I wasn't trying to say anything, guys. So he was just the best person for the part, and he happens to be black. There's but. no metaphor. <laughs> I don't know. It's a little... Uh, Faculty of Horror just didn't emphasize... I guess we, they're also our unofficial sponsor. Yeah. Faculty just, of Horror, you must remember this, Shudder. They just did a really great episode where they talked about the first three of that series, and I think it was Andrea who was like, man, if you're going to do that, just own it. We know what you were doing. It's very clear, and it's good. Like, don't... You know, probably better to not to shy away from it than to be like, yes, I was the first direct horror director to fully embrace the, like, I don't know, the racial, the racial discussion. Detention, yes, thank yeah. you. <laughs> no, I get that. But also, like, dude, <laughs> if you're going to say something, fucking say much. it. <laughs> well, that's actually what I was getting to, is I finally watched Day of the Dead for, for the first time, which is, like, the third of his main trilogy, and the most underappreciated, I think. And it is a, quite a bit different than the other ones. Uh, it's about this army and some, like there are some army guys and some scientists in a bunker and they're trying to figure out either how to cure or how to tame zombies. And uh, it basically comes down to uh, many humans are evil and they just want to kill each other despite the fact that we're running really low on humans and army is bad. Uh, it's just it's like it. humans are terrible and they will find any reason to kill each other and tear each other down even though it is completely uh self-destructive yes and it, but it's still kind of fun with that mm -hmm. and you get a zombie who has headphones on and learns how to play music which is fun i do love that yeah i'm into that yeah it fits in with those other two and it's definitely worthwhile uh i don't know if i like it as much as either of them but i am glad to finally have checked that off my list and now i not only have seen all three of those, but I can remember each of them distinctly as their own movie and not a mishmash, uh, which was really just unfair to George Romero, which also RIP, I lost him in the Civil War. Yeah, the only other, uh, I think, I mean, I, I was pretty surprised when I put my list together. We did a pretty good job of watching a lot of Halloween movies, whether or not Ben was stoked about it or not. <laughs> and, uh, The one that I really liked that I'd never seen before was the 1970s version of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Oh. That was 
a very effective horror movie. I really liked it. I it's... wasn't, I like, I know that people really like that one or, or the original and they have very strong opinions as to which is better, but I really liked the way that the story was laid out in that one. I thought those kind of gruesome pod nasty shots were really good. Uh, has Jeff Goldblum, so I don't really know how you couldn't think that that's the superior version. Very young. My love! So good. He's truly the one, but anyway. Especially since um, we're fresh off of Thor Ragnarok. And I also mm. deeply, I I like horror movies with happy endings, but I also deeply enjoy a horror movie that can accept it is completely implausible for the heroes to win. And so I, I really enjoyed that horrible... <laughs> depressing nihilistic ending <laughs> a good nihilistic ending is often the best ending yes yeah, I, just that, embrace it that like just, Halloween three. I, there, yeah there are a lot of just good things happening like when you have uh when he runs to towards the sound of music and then discovers it's just they're just kind of doing it just playing the music and that last shot of him identify possibly the last living human for the pod people it's just i don't know it's it's great it's effective it left me feeling uh spiritually gummy mm. inside you know that Yum. like when you get that kind of like depression gunk in there that's a theme for a lot of this episode we didn't go with a lot of the fun ones <laughs> yeah so i really enjoyed watching that for the first time this year excellent i guess do we have any others anyone wants to finish up with I have a couple I'll round out, but I don't have to go deep on any of them, really. Um, Lauren, I, I, th I think I think I've gotten all of my my strong feelings out. So, <laughs> I would like to quickly plug our last episode on it. If you have not listened to that yet and are still feeling Halloweeny, features all three of us talking about Steve King, <laughs> our fave. I also Yay. did an, ep an episode. <laughs> <laughs> I also did an episode with our friend Sean about House of the Devil and the Changeling, which is why I skipped them here. But we talk, we get really deep on those there, and I love both of those. Uh, what else we do? There's a Cube episode mm -hmm. with Gabe. We also have a bunch of old ones on movies like The Guest and The Blair Witch and all kinds of good stuff. We really like Halloween around here, if you haven't figured that out. Halloween is a lifestyle. I watched the other Stephen King's Netflix movies. I watched the newest Chucky movies. Halloween, H2O, H20. <laughs> oh, God, the movie's a trip and a half. Sugar treat, it's, motherfucker. That one, like, I enjoy it more than I expected, but it's also a stretch putting it at 90 minutes. They did not have much there. Uh, it's like, watch McGee's The Babysitter. Final Destination 2, I had way more fun with than I probably should have. And reminded myself that Silence of the Lambs is a really good movie, and that just because I'm in love with TV's Hannibal doesn't mean I should neglect how good that one is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Also, yeah, I think now that I've torn through those, I think I've gone through most of them. Oh, I saw Tales from the Hood too. too which <laughs> oh, hell yes! So few good anthology horror anthology movies, or at least readily available. Uh, and that's a classic for a reason. It's really good. As Lauren said, Halloween is a lifestyle for us. Yes. Uh, I'm hoping that we'll have more good stuff horror wise to talk about in the coming year. Obviously. In the meantime, I will keep up our horror streaming guides at ltrfi.com. Yeah, and hopefully you guys are excited for this kind of newer, maybe not improved, but re-energized formatting. <laughs> uh, once again, we're super happy to have Lauren uh, on as a regular contributor. Woo this has been our Halloween recap episode. 
If you are interested in following us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at LTRFIPod. We own our own website domain finally, so you can find all of the literal other stuff at LTRFI.com. Yes. I think we've had that for a while, but oh. also haven't really, I think, brought attention to it. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's where you can find out all the best horror to watch for free on streaming sites like Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, Shutter. Yes. Yeah. Shutter. Shutter, Shutter. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we will hopefully see you guys soon for another episode on something. Yeah. <laughs> and by then we'll figure out a new tagline. Because I don't think we want to go with that one for. We don't want to say that name on every podcast. I kind of like having the uh, your podcast on the IMDb 250 usually, but not right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I kind of I kind of think it's funny. <laughs> no, I, I, I it, it works. I just keep rolling with it. I just be at the end because we used to say Jurassic World is a terrible movie and always will be. Oh, yeah. But Colin Trevorrow has been properly chastised. And sometimes I'd say Eli Roth, I'd rather not. But uh, like, I don't know. At a certain point, you get tired of trashing on stuff. We should have a more. Ha- I'll beat one. Because... Chris Evans is the best ever, and we love him. God bless America. Just kidding. Catchy, catchy. <laughs> that was man. That's just rolls off the tongue. That does. We'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Cue the theme music. <laughs> <laughs>